Greetings, fellow imps. I'm Imp Fossil Tom Hensky, and I'd like to welcome you to From Nowhere to Now Here, where incarnate memories prevail. Like many incoming first years, I entered the university a blank canvas. You get it, nowhere. But four years later, I grew to now here. And when I look back at that transformation, it was the friendships that I built through the imps that were a huge part of that growth. But where did everyone end up? I'm going to take us on a journey to find them, to catch up with the friends we've lost touch with. And in doing so, my mission is to rekindle these amazing relationships. Imp Nation, we are back. Yeah, I'm gonna roll. I got back on track with pushing these out. And today I've got my man, Doak Finch, who we're just meeting for the first time, but his name has been mentioned in about a thousand of the previous podcasts. So we figured, hey, gotta get him on. People wanna hear from him because everyone's mentioning him. And when they mention you, it's usually not a good thing. It means you got in a lot of trouble, Doak. So welcome on board. How you doing? I'm doing great. Uh, yeah, thanks for having me on. Hello, Imp Nation. Uh, happy that people remember me. Hopefully, it's good things. I will say, as I don't, I wouldn't consider myself an angel, but I wouldn't consider myself a devil. Well, maybe a little bit. So, but uh, that's all, all about being an imp. But uh, thank you for having me. I'm uh, looking forward to ho hopefully we can get uh, uh, many more people um, excited. I've, I've listened to a couple of them and uh, they're, they're fantastic. And it, it just brings back more and more memories. Well, you know, my mom used to say when you're eating your dinner, because what I used to do is eat the things that I like, and then I would push off the vegetables and stuff that I didn't like. So just in full disclosure, you live in Durham now, don't you? I do. I, I live in Durham and I work for Duke University. Okay. Uh, so. okay. That was a great interview. Thanks, Doke. We enjoyed having you. It's great. Imp Nation, I'll see you in a couple of weeks when we get back with someone who doesn't work at Duke or UNC. Just joking. Here we go. So, but how did you get to Charlottesville? Give me the scoop behind that. Uh, so the, the scoop on that uh, was uh, I grew up in North Carolina and uh, um, uh, Pinehurst, North Carolina, Southern Pines, North Carolina. Most people don't know where Southern Pines is. If I mention Pinehurst, um, uh, all, all the golfers come in and they say, oh, we know where Pinehurst is. And uh, so so that usually puts it on the map for them. Uh, so I, I lead with that. And uh and so, and um, I went to a small private school. Um, I was a swimmer growing up and um, I never actually stepped on a golf course until after um, in, in my 20s. Uh, so, which was a, a little weird for the area, but uh, um, I grew up on a farm. Uh, we had a pond. Uh, my family was all about being water safe. So started swimming when I was very young uh, and um, I kind of took it from there. Loved the water, um, played multiple sports uh, through high school. Um, um, but loved swimming and, uh, uh, went through the recruiting process. Um, so looked at several schools and, um, uh, ended up at UVA and, um, uh, there a couple things that probably drew me to UVA, um, uh, was, 
yeah, I mean, obviously tremendous academic school, um, you know, I was looking for the best of both worlds where I could be, you know, come out with a tremendous degree and uh, also um, try and reach my goals um, that I had in the swimming world. Um, uh, the actual, the summer before my senior year, um, I, I went down to a, a summer camp, a bowl summer camp. And um, uh, full disclosure, um, I grew up one of the biggest uh, Tar Heel fans. Um, Boo! Oh, we're going to edit that part out, but keep going, keep going. (laughs) So, um, uh, so uh, down there during the camp, um, it was kind of an all summer camp, and I was lucky that my parents um, would let me go down and spend the summer there by myself. Um, uh, So, I guess it's kind of a different age now. (laughs) Uh, So. but uh, I had this UNC ball cap and there were a couple of UVA swimmers that were swam for the same team. And every single day after practice, I had to go and find my UNC ball cap uh, because they had hidden it somewhere in the locker room. And so I became pretty good friends with those guys and um, uh, kind of uh, was late to the recruiting us most, you know, while recruiting nowadays is pushed really, really far forward. Your junior year, people are looking and, and committing. Um, I didn't end up committing until you know, second semester of my senior year. And uh, so I was behind in the process and UVA was one of the schools. Um, uh, the the coach at UVA at the time, Mark Bernardino, um, my club coach said I would hit it off with him and, um, you know, he would help me achieve my goals. Uh, UVA had everything I was looking for academically and um, took my trip and um, you know, hit it off with a lot of the guys, really enjoyed them. Um, similar goals, um, you know, similar uh, just people, um, so genuine. And, uh, uh, so that brought me to UVA. Uh, so, and I ended up, uh, arrived on campus, um, August of 1996 and, um, which was a good time that the, the aquatic and fitness center had just opened that summer. Uh, so I walked into the new pool and so, which was fantastic. Um, and in fact, on my recruiting trip, they didn't even show me the old pool. Um, they didn't even take me there. <laughs> so I walked into that and, um, that started my, uh, uh, my life at UVA. Uh, so, which was, uh, uh absolutely, you know, it, it was a ball. Uh, so, um, uh, I would, you know, everybody said, I wish I could go back and do it again, knowing what I know now. Um, uh, so, but, uh, a lot of fun. Um, I, I lived in the new dorms. Uh, so, uh, Watson, uh, which was all the way up the hill, which was, um, an absolute blast going to practice because I just got on my bike and just rolled down, um, coming back after practice, walking up the hill, legs burning and living also on the third floor. So there were no elevators in Watson. <laughs> so, um, so walking up, but, uh, um, you know, it was fun and, uh, sweet style. So got to know all, um, in the suite and, uh, just all around fun time. You, you ever think that maybe the coaches knew exactly where they were putting you and they're like, yeah, let's put them on top of a hill. So after we've beaten him to death at practice, he's got to walk up the hill and let's really like make it awful for him. Let's put him on the third floor. And I think there was probably only three floors, right? That was the top floor. 
So the, there were four floors. Uh, so um, so it alternated men, women, men, women. So the women were on the fourth floor. Um, so and actually we had two swimmers that lived above us. Um, so uh, so yeah. So they had the extra floor to go up. Um, I, I do wonder. Um, you know, the, my, my roommate Ryan McGeary and I were. You know, we got along great. So we're also two guys that you know work hard, don't complain, head down, get things done. And um, uh, you know they they probably figured that out about us in the recruiting process and said these guys aren't going to complain they're just going to get things done uh so they don't care where they're living (laughs) so ended up working out well so tell me about your first year any memories from your first year uh i mean everything new so between uh uh, you know, classes, um, you know, practices, um, th- that whole schedule was all new. So, and, and, and tough. I mean, it's, it's, it's quite the transition, you know, figuring out, um, uh, I, I, went from high school where I did a couple morning practices a week and uh, afternoons and Saturdays to going four mornings in the week. Um, so you're up at six, you know, practice six to eight, head to class, um, try and find a nap in there, get food, um, you know, figure out studying, practice again at nighttime, um, usually 3.15 to, to 5.15 or 5.30-ish. Um, then afterwards, uh, um, everything's new. Um, you know, so many things to be involved in. I, I, I think one of my biggest pitfalls my freshman year, and I tell everybody this, is that I, I had a hard time saying no to things. Um, you just wanted to be involved. You wanted to be with everybody. And and um, so when, when you end up uh, – burning the candle at both ends and uh, doing things, um, things break. And so, and I, I will say my, my first semester, I'm not proud of my GPA. Um, so it, it improved from there. Um, so I learned a lot. It was a learning experience and also had the coaches pull me aside and say, we can't be doing this. Um, I, I wasn't ineligible, but it, it wasn't something that I was proud of and that I, I wanted to work. Uh, so, but um, it, it's quite the transition um, and uh, figuring out, uh, you know, just that balancing act so that uh, everybody kind of goes through when everything's new. Well, you can imagine we've done like 20 of these and it occurred to me that probably in about eight of them in this segment of the podcast, everyone has said the same thing. Wasn't so happy with my first semester grades, had to pick it up, right? Daniela Vassan just said that to me. I can remember, I want to say like, it was maybe Sin Mathis said that too. I can't remember. But anyway, so you get through that first year and then you decide you're going to live with swimmers the next year or non-swimmers. What did you have going on? Oh, I uh, lived with swimmers. Um, I actually lived in, in a swim house. Um, and uh, uh, so one, one of those swimmers in the swim house was Graham Lizer. Uh, so, um, so who, who you've had on, uh, so he's a really good friend. And um, I actually lived with Graham uh after I graduated when he was still in Charlottesville and I was still in Charlottesville for a little while. And so I lived in a swim house for my uh, second year and um, third year wanted to continue living in the swim house. uh, um, And actually it was the swim house that was um, you Dirty Nellie's and Old Virginia Fried Chicken Wayside. It was the one right across the bridge, which was so absolutely devastating. Uh, and I was lucky that I was a swimmer because 
every single time you would walk to the, the football game, walk back, stop by Dirty Nelly, stop by Old Regina Fried Chicken, uh, get some chicken. So it was like the perfect spot. Uh, so uh, especially Saturday football games. Um, so uh, just walking back and forth and, and grabbing snacks and having that. Um, so like I said, I'm very lucky I was a swimmer because, uh, you know, burning calories and uh, uh, that whole thing that was, um, it was really, really super tempting living next. Um, so I lived there my second year. And then uh, my third and my fourth year, I lived on 14th Street or Wortland Avenue. Um, so um, in a little apartment. Uh, so and with another swimmer. Uh, so um, and so my third year, Casey Hughes, my fourth year, um, Justin Capuco. And uh, uh, so that was fun living on 14th Street. And um, uh, by then I was a little more disciplined and not burning the candle at both ends. <laughs> Uh, it probably goes as no surprise that you basically uh, created a pit in the stomachs of impination when you mentioned Dirty Nellies. That was some nasty food, man. So good hitting the mouth, so bad hitting the stomach. So just uh, uh, the, the Dagwood sub, uh, so which had all the meat. And I think that was like every swimmer's dream for like after practice, you know, as much bang for your buck, just throw everything on there, get it down. And, and what's so annoying is the swimmers, like you guys could eat calories like no tomorrow and it's forget it. You would just like washboard stomach, the whole kit and caboodle. <laughs> So that's uh, that is a very true thing. It's uh, you know, just um, you know burning so many calories. I mean, 20, 20 hours of swimming and lifting a week will will do that. It's um, you know, it's it's basically a second job, and uh, you know, and uh, and if you you know if you if you, you do it right, so, you know you can yeah, like Michael Phelps, you can eat just about anything. So tell me about the econ major. How did that come about? Did you know right away you wanted to major in that? I think you were an econ major, right? I was an econ major. Um, I had really no clue what I wanted to study when I came to college. And um, I, I really, I enjoy history. So I dabbled a little bit in history. Um, uh, so actually it was... Um, can't remember the name of the professor, but history of economics. Um, I took that course early on and um, enjoyed it. And then, uh, of course, took Elzinga 201 micro um, and enjoyed that. Had a couple of really, really great TAs and kind of, um, you know, you know, enjoyed economics. If I was looking back, I, I think I enjoyed more um, the, the behavior of people with money more. And I probably should have gone more psychology, especially um, going into coaching. Um, so, which is absolutely, I, I'm astounded. I didn't take any psychology courses. I actually, I took one sports psychology. Um, so, but no psychology courses at all. Um, so, but human behavior is something and obviously human behavior, economics is human behavior financially. So it's, uh, but Burton's, sorry, go ahead. Did it surprise you to know that Ken Elzinga still teaches? It does a little bit. It does surprise. Looking back, it's, uh, yeah, that's uh, about 25 years, 24 years ago. Um, it, it does surprise me. And, uh, you know, the, those courses that, I mean, I really enjoyed that course. Um, um, Professor Burton's, um, managerial economics and theory of financial markets. Um, uh, those were two, uh, two really good courses, uh, actually, uh, theory of financial markets. I took with another swimmer and, um, we did get busted sleeping in that 
class. Um, well, you know, and uh, at the end of the end of the class, of course, we we didn't realize it. And then, of course, one of my friends came up and he was like, "Do you realize Professor Burton was talking about you during the lecture? You and uh, your swimming buddy uh, were out cold." <laughs> so. Hate it when that happens. Hate yeah. it when that happens. <laughs> so um, tell me, how, how did the imps enter your law, life? What happened there? Uh, so <laughs> um, so I, 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 to tell you the truth, I wasn't aware of the imps really at all um, until I, I was present during, um, I believe, Graham Lizer's public tapping. And I think that was at the house. Um, um, uh, so across from Dirty Nellie's. Um, and uh, so I just thought it was a fun group. I had no clue what they did. It was just, you know, uh, okay, yeah, fun group. They came and got them and then left and okay. And out of out of sight, out of mind. And uh, uh, to tell you the truth, I, I, I didn't think of anything until, um, you know, Phil, uh, so it was Phil Gates, my first year RA, John Hebner, and I believe it was Amanda Wells, uh, came and knocked on my door and we were, this was a Sunday night. We were leaving for ACC championships on that Tuesday, which were up in Maryland. And, um, it just so happened. I, I was, I gotten sick and I fell really sick and it was, you know, I was, it was a bad sick. I was, you know, things coming out of both ends. It was just not. So they knocked on the door. Um, my roommate answered. They wanted to see me. And they, um, so I, you know, I was already in bed. So I got dressed and came out. And uh, uh, they told me that um, one of the freshman swimmers and uh, uh, had made a complaint of, of hazing, um, against the swim team and specific, and, uh, we had a kind of a tradition. Um, so all the freshmen and then some of the upper class, um, at swimmers would, um, would shave our heads going into the main meet. And, um, I, I did it all four years. I shaved my head. I shaved, actually shaved a V into my head. Uh, so, and, and, you know, it was, it was funny cause it was like, we would do it like a week and a half before. So we'd be walking around campus and people would be like, you know, the, what are these guys? <laughs> so, um, so, but we, we had a freshman that year who was adamantly against it. And so we let, you know, we said, you know, it's okay. It's cool. You know, you don't have to do it. Um, so no pressure. And, um, <laughs> so he didn't do it. Uh, but, uh, uh we were all still kind of worried cause he was, everybody else was doing it and he kind of felt left out. And, uh, um, so they said that he had brought up a complaint and all I'm thinking is we're two days out of ACCs. Um, how is Mark going to handle this? Are we going to lose half of our team going to ACCs? Um, we'd placed second the year before, so we were in line to possibly win it all. How is that going to affect uh, everything? And how, how's everybody going to react to this, um, the, the athletic administration? And so I, I had to go back in and grab some, uh, some shoes and everything because they said, well, we want to go and meet and kind of figure things out. So I was like, definitely, let's meet. Let's try and figure things out. 
out. Um, uh, so, so I actually went back in and, uh, my roommate was also one of the captains since I was a captain. And, uh, you know, I said, there's some stuff going down I'll let you know when I get back. <laughs> so what's going on. And so we ended up going to college in and, uh, they, they laid it on really well. It was, um, I, I had no clue. And then, um, you know, of course it was, you know, does this have anything to do with the Z society? And I'm like, I don't even know who the Z society is. I don't know what's what, what, what they're doing, you know, whatever, you know? And then it was like, you know, does this have anything to do with the imp society? I'm like, no, no, no. I just, you know, I, just, I, I don't think so. And then it was like, do you want to be an imp? And I was like, well, sure. But what, what's going on with this other thing? My, my mind was just one track. What, what is going on with this situation? And then they brought me in and everybody cheered and, things started to click. <laughs> so, and, um, uh, so, you know, it was, it was fantastic. They got me really, really good. I was really worried. Um, uh, so that, uh, you know, it's first, you know, going after the first ACC championship in nine years and we had a great shot and everything was going to be. So, um, so sat down and discussed and I actually, and I, I need to go and call my roommate and tell him, tell him everything's good. Cause he's probably getting ready to, so the, to go crazy. Uh, so, but that, that was how, I got introduced to them and um uh so and then obviously um had to wait a little while ACC's NCAAs um to do public tapping and so and so that that was kind of my introduction to them and um uh you know and uh, all that fun stuff but I, I had little little knowledge of of everything else that they do and um just how you know, how, how, how they're just like, everybody that I met was an absolute rock star and what they did and w- which absolutely floored me and, um, you know, rock star, but so humble about what they're doing and so willing to be involved in everything. And so that, that was, you know, one of the, I guess, blessings. Um, so to be a part of that and to, to be able to meet everybody. So do you have any memories about the amps after your induction, any stories uh, I mean, there's stories of dancing in the streets. There are stories from Rugby Road to Vinegar Hill. Um, you know, all, all of those, I, I have all those memories. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, you know, the uh, Dirty Joke uh, banquets were always absolute blast. And um, uh, so all, all those jokes will, uh, I mean, I, I'm sure I've forgotten them, but I'm sure, it's, you know, it's I, actually, I do remember some of them that absolutely horrified me. <laughs> so, um, uh, faculty awards, um, you know, the, the coronation was always a, an absolute, um, ball. Um, uh, so the, and, uh, you know, it's, uh, you know, the, I think the coronation balls were, were the best and not so much even just the actual thing, but it was just, everybody that came and the invitations and delivering them and the secrecy and, you know, how, how everything went about and, um, you know, almost seeing the joy, you know, in in the people that, you know, got to see a glimpse into everything that I've been lucky enough to be picked to be a part of. And uh, so it's very, very humbling in in, in that respect. And, um, you know, it's, uh, and, uh, you know, then obviously being involved in all the projects that go kind of, you know, w- without recognition. So, um, you know, the, the shootout for cancer. Um, so, and then there's several other philanthropic, you know, opportunities to, to be involved, but to 
be involved anonymously. I think that was also very cool that, you know, you got things done behind the scenes and you, you don't need to take credit. You, you know, it, it's something that um, I think is very admirable and, um, you know, might, might almost be a little bit lost in today's world. Uh, I think everybody's looking for, but, uh, you know, you, you don't need to be the person out in front. You can be the person behind the scenes getting things done. And that, you know, that's usually the person that's the, you know, the MVP. So to, to look for that, um, uh, you know, and I, I would say that, you know, uh, that, that shaped me a little bit, um, you know, being on a team and being a captain, you know, and not, I don't have to be the person out in front. I can be the person lifting somebody else up and it can be just as effective. And, um, you know, and also as in coaching now, um, uh, having been coaching for 20 years is, is helping figure, you know, other people figure out um, how they go about to the, their success and how they can be a part of a team, how they can lift up. And everybody has their own um, way to go about it. You know, it, I was reading something, President Jim Ryan of the university, the current president, he was giving an address to the incoming first years. And he was talking about how when you leave, in this case, UVA, everyone remembers all the amazing times and you just have this kind of cultish uh, forever memory of the university. But what he said that really struck me is that you forget the hard times, right? Because it wasn't four years of uh, bliss. There were some bumps in the road. Any bumps in the road that you remember over your four years? You know, it's it, there were definitely the times that you know you, you don't you don't want to get up. Yeah, so I mean, uh, swimming swimming definitely grind, and um, and you, you it, it doesn't just stop. You know, I, I was an athlete at UVA, but we just continued on. Uh, so I mean, swimming you get about two weeks off per year. Uh, so if you're Michael Phelps, you get none. Uh, so 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 having that grind continuing on, um, uh, you know, it's a uh, uh, there, you know, obviously, um, there are always bumps. There are things, you know, between personal relationships, between, you know, uh, people on the team, people off the team, um, but you live and you grow through those. And, um, you know, it's, uh, I think, and you mature in that way and you, you learn how to, to have a discussion. Now, that, that's one of the things that I, I like to sit down with the, you know, the current, you know, people that I'm coaching, people that I'm around is having a discussion and learning how to listen. And I think that was one of the, the most important lessons is to just be able to sit there and listen to people. And, um, uh, you know, is it a uh, Phil Gates is another person you had on the podcast. He, he is an excellent listener. I, I love getting together with him and, and chatting about things because it, you know, it, he bring, you know, he listens and then gives counterpoints and different views. And, um, uh, it's, it's, it's interesting to talk when people have that. <laughs> so, and then also let you talk and, and go back and forth. And, um, uh, so, I mean, as far as, you know, it, it's funny because I, I, the, when I was tapped and, and that ACC's, um, I, I was sick. I was absolutely miserable. Um, it was, but we ended up winning ACCs by six and a half points. 
So that was an absolute blast. Um, didn't get to celebrate anything because I was sick. <laughs> so, and then continuing on to NCAAs, um, you know, so that, that you know, there, there are those times, um, now figuring out academics, you know, it's the, that, that was the, you know, after my, my first semester freshman year, that was definitely a bump in the road and, um, a major eye opener. I was, went to a high school where I wasn't really challenged. And when, when I got to, to UVA, uh, you know, I, I went in and, uh, uh, I unfortunately took a lot of the very, very challenging courses my freshman year, first semester, and it, uh, you know, it was a very humbling experience. And, uh, you know, having to, you know, not only get knocked on my ass, but um, being able to figure out and how, how do I pick myself up and how do I make myself successful and um, uh, trial by fire. Um, so some, sometimes that's the best way to learn. And, um, you know, but, uh, you know, persistence um that that's something and you, you were an athlete so but persistence is something that i think athletics has that maybe non-athletes don't get as much of um uh you know learning to, to you know continue to work after something and uh to work through failures and to, to to work through you know disappointments and um and not give up and look at the end goal that maybe nine months a year two years you know four years down the road um so you know um i always had a dream of making the olympics um i didn't get there um uh, I made Olympic trial finals. Um, so I, I think I took the sport as close to as far as I could. Um, and uh, so, and, you know, that was an absolute blast. I, I got to see a lot of things. I got to experience and, and meet a lot of people that I probably wouldn't have being a, uh, you know, a part of the sport. Um, uh, so I, I think if you would ask my teammates, um, <laughs> we, we had a thing or, or, every senior we would kind of give um a movie that fit your personality in the pool and um my movie that i received was the punisher <laughs> which um i, I hope was a, a nice way of saying that i challenged people and held them accountable um i know i probably was a little bit of a bear too because I, I tried to bring it every day to the best that i could um kind of i uh, tried to go for the whole prefontaine um i don't know if people still i don't know i asked some of our athletes the other day if they knew who prefontaine was and you know maybe a couple of them did so but um just you know it's you know working so hard to outwork people and if it you know comes down to a guts race then i've outworked them uh so that that kind of attitude bringing every day and uh you know still trying to live that in a, in a different way can't obviously can't get in and compete for the athletes that i coach but um uh try and push them and and help them realize and push beyond what they think they can do but okay so let's transition a little bit it's year 2000 you graduated did you go right into coaching or what happened from there I actually um, spent a extra year um, uh, training and I was a volunteer coach. So um, I was advising the team, but I was also training with the team. And um, I, I had some goals that um, were unfinished. Um, one of them was um, the, the 200 meter butterfly. I was looking to break two minutes. Um, so I wanted to go under two minutes. And so I decided I'm going to spend a year, I'm going to train, I'm going to see what I can do um, uh, without taking courses and, um, you know, and, and see how that ends up. And so obviously like first semester I, I trained and I figured out very quickly, I needed something else to do. I needed something. So I ended up um, 
part-time in the Curry School and taking some grad courses um, uh, just to keep my mind busy. And um, long story short, with that whole experience, um, I, I ended up going 2 double <laughs> the same time that I went and um, didn't break um, two minutes. Um, so which uh, uh, that, that, that'll be... I, I, I think I gave it my best effort and, um, it just ended up not being there. And, uh, so after that year, I was a little bit lost. I, uh, I didn't make the national team. So, um, you know, and during that year I did a, you know, a lot of advising to the younger swimmers and helping them figure things out. And, uh, you know, the, the head coach at the time who was, was an amazing mentor and, and pushed me and helped me. And he mentioned, he said, you know, I, you know, I think you'd be a good coach. Um, you know, obviously you need to decide that. And uh, we're going to have a part-time position open up and, you know, if you want to apply and, uh, you know, uh, so then we would look to hire you. And so I applied for that and got hired. And uh, so when it was truly a part-time position, so my, my schedule that year was, was I would go to morning practice and then I'd do a little bit of work in the office. I would go home and nap. I'd go to afternoon practice. And right after afternoon practice, I would go and um, be a server at BW3s from 6.30 until 2 in the morning and then get up for morning practice the next morning at 5.30 and be on deck. <laughs> and, um, uh, you know, survived that year and um was still truly enjoying coaching and um and coach Bernardino is like you know if you you know you'll figure out very very soon whether you enjoy coaching and you want to make a career out of this or if it's not for you and you want to go somewhere you know try something different and um and that was you know well, I was 19 18 years um so and just continued on from there. Uh, so I was lucky enough to, um, continue to coach at UVA until 2013. And, um, uh, so then my path took me up a little bit. So to, um, state college, uh, I coached at Penn state for three years, um, and, uh, under head coach, Tim Murphy, and, uh, uh learned a lot from him and, um, then made the decision, a position opened up here in Durham, uh, which brought me closer to home. Um, my mom still lives in Pinehurst. My twin sister lives in Pinehurst. Um, uh, so it brought me a little closer to them. And, uh, so I've been here for five years. This is my sixth year. So the reason for the move from UVA to Penn state was what? So it was a coaching change. Um, so, um, coach Bernardino, um, retired, and uh, Coach Augie Bush came in, and uh, I was part of the coaching staff that was not retained. So, okay, so that there you have it. Okay, so you became a Nittany Lion and went to some kick-ass football games for three years, and then the move back down to that school that uh, is hard to come out of my mouth, Duke. Yes. Um, all joking aside, um, it was was it more a focus of just moving closer to family or was there also a job professional reason to want to go to do? So uh, it was a little bit of both. Um, so it was, it was a move um, to be closer to family a little bit. And um, also um, 
continue to learn and experience different schools. Um, and obviously UVA, mid-sized public institution, Penn State, large size public institution, um, different athletic departments doing different uh, things, and then a move to a smaller private institution uh, to kind of learn a little bit about the inner workings and um, uh, obviously the, the knowledge of the, you know, admissions in all three, um, how the athletic departments work, um, you know, what, what priorities. Um, uh, so always kind of learning and, um, you know, trying to figure out on um, my, my goal is I would like to become a head coach somewhere. Uh, so, um, having different backgrounds at different institutions and, um, and being successful with, them, uh, I, I thought, uh, you know, always be learning. So, and then that's, you know, one of the things that I've been taught by several people and, um, um, you know, and, and, and figuring things out and how to do things better. And um, so that you're prepared for any opportunity that comes up. Well, I'm going to give you a little word of warning. My main man, Imp Mike Lennox, was a professor at Duke, then got asked to lecture one day at UVA. And from that lecture made the switch. So be careful if they ask you to come back and speak because you might find yourself back in Charlottesville again. I know that would be traumatic for you compared to fun times dorm. Yeah, I mean, oh, Charlottesville always, I mean, it has a special place in my heart. I was, I was actually back there for a wedding at the beginning of November. And, um, uh, you know, it was, it was fun. I actually stayed at the Knights Inn, which was perfect because it was right next to Bodo's. Um, so, and uh, uh, yeah, it's, uh, and just driving around and seeing everything. And um, I, I hadn't been back in about four years and just seeing the changes. And um, I don't remember the traffic being that bad. <laughs> so, I mean, there was a lot of road construction but um you know it's uh you know, it's it's definitely grown and um you know obviously spending 17 years there a large part of you know and knowing and uh living different places and uh you know it's it it's it's definitely got a special place in my heart can i know you're a coach but and it would seem obvious to what you do every day but you know what it's not so obvious what you do every day can you just talk briefly about what your day-to-day -day role is at duke so, sure. Um, uh, so, um, you know, wake up around 4.45 um, to get to the pool between 5.30, 5.45. Um, uh, so we have practice from uh, 6 until 8, and that, that consists of an hour in the water, an hour in the weight room. Um, so, and uh, I, I design, I have a group, I a little bit, um, well, the longer athletes, uh, some longer events. Um, uh, so they're with me for an hour. I design that. And then we go to the weight room and um, we have a strength coach that works with them. And so I kind of, you know, assist and I kind of, oh, I stay out of his way, but, uh, you know, always be learning, seeing our athletes work and how they're working and, you know, muscle groups and, and how that applies to swimming. Um, so eight o'clock, um, we usually have, uh, you know, some, you know, uh, usually a meeting. So Monday mornings, um, uh, we have a staff meeting and then it's Monday, Tuesday, we usually have a captain's meeting. Um, uh, then it's, uh, on to writing the afternoon workout. Um, so 
um, doing different things to prepare. So right now we're in the middle of preparing for our fall training trip or our start our holiday training trip. Um, so that's coming up after exams. Um, I'm in the middle of finalizing our exam schedules um, because everybody has a different exam schedule, kind of make an individual exam schedule for each person so that they have a schedule. Uh, they know what they're working with. Um, so uh, they can manage their time effectively. Um, we have the U.S. Open. Uh, so taking athletes to that this week. Uh, so making sure, you know, uh, so transportation, uh, COVID tests are done. And we have proof of COVID tests um, to be able to do that. That's something that's uh, new. So a lot of logistical work between um, recruiting, setting up recruiting, managing recruiting with the different coaches, keeping in touch with athletes, both um, class of 22, class of 23, which athletes were looking at 24s, 25s. Um, uh, we're about to hit up a uh, junior national nationals, which is in Austin and Greensboro, and then a couple other meets um, to, to go recruiting and to, to keep our eye out and, um, you know, not only be, you know, watching and evaluating, but also let them know that Duke's there. Uh, so um, uh, all, you know, all staffs will do that. Um, so somewhere in there grabbing lunch, uh, we, we do have a coffee maker in the office. So that's essential. Um, I live off of coffee. Um, so, uh, so and that started in Charlottesville, Shenandoah Joe. Um, so Dave Fafara, who was one of the, uh, uh, he was the diving coach when I was there. Um, so he has excellent coffee. And so I, I'd still order from him every once in a while, even though I'm here in Durham. Um, and then we have, we actually run um, two afternoon practices is uh, we have an eight lane 25 yard pull here at Duke. And so um, to kind of cut down the numbers in the lane and then also to be able to work more individually with athletes, we run a practice from 245 to 445 and 445 to 645. And so running those two practices back to back and then after that, um, getting out of the office between usually 7, 7, 15, um, grabbing some food if you don't have a recruit call or catching up with a recruit or or somebody then you can relax a little bit and write the morning practice for the next morning it's it's a pretty it's a, it's a busy day and it's it's i i say coaching is not a job coaching is a lifestyle um so because um there there's your job is never finished. There's always something else to do. It's not a nine to five. You can't turn it off um, at the end. You know, you have athletes, you know, texting you because they have exams or they're sick or, you know, and it's helping them, you know, with their, you know, figuring out what they need to do and their resources. Um, uh, so, but, uh, it's, it's fun. It's, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm still, uh, people always say, you know, it's, you've been on that schedule for 25 years now. Um, uh, so, uh, but I'm continuing to enjoy it. I guess the, when I stop enjoying being on the schedule, then, uh, I'll hang it up and, uh, maybe coach some, you know, seven, eight year olds and you know, four times a week for an hour, <laughs> something like that. So do you lose any recruiting battles to UVA because Duke doesn't have photos? Yes, very much. We struggle to have a good bagel in Durham. So, so now Bodo's is uh, by far, I, I, I was in heaven because I went back and I, I got my Bodo order and um, by my Bodo order is uh <laughs> I, I go with a plain bagel, bacon, egg, and cheese, uh, very simple. And then I go cinnamon raisin, plain cream cheese. That, that was my, my staple. That's what I, I really enjoyed. Um, 
Uh, so I get it with coffee now. I used to not get it. I used to get it with water or soft drink. Um, uh, so when I was there, I uh, started, I, amazingly, I didn't start drinking coffee until about three, four years into my coaching career. Uh, so I did not drink it as an athlete. So, which was, um, uh, I, my caffeine source, which was really bad was diet do. <laughs> So as an athlete, uh, I was, I was on the do train. Um, so which isn't the healthiest. Um, so I think coffee is a little healthier. Uh, so, but, uh, that was my Bodo's order. And that, I mean, used to, you know, every, every Saturday, um, you know, it was either if we weren't going to runk dining hall. Um, so which we, we went there because the lines were weren't as long as O'Hill. Um, and, uh, so we didn't have to fight for breakfast. And, uh, uh, so if we didn't go there, we would go to Bodo's and, uh, and stand in line. So, which, uh, you know, amazingly, there was still a line when I went back. Well, you know, on the previous episode, my, my former friend, Ted Jeffries, who we were close buddies until his episode, uh, and he had those outlandish and insensitive remarks about my Bodo's order. Uh, I'm glad to hear that your Bodo's order is right in line with mine. And for imps, if you haven't tuned in for Ted's episode, you should probably at least go in and listen to the tail end. Um, although maybe you shouldn't because it, you might not think uh, highly of Ted at the end of it, but just we'll put that out there as the teaser. So, okay, great. So you're in your real world. What's next? Is the next thing a head coaching job? If one opens up, like if it is, let's say it's in California, is that okay? Geographically, is that going to tie you down? What's, what's the scoop? I think, um, yeah, head coaching job is, uh, is kind of the next step. Um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure where, um, you know, for wherever it does take me, um, you know, so obviously like to, like to stay power five, but not limiting myself. And, um, I, I just think it's, it's, it's one of, it's a challenge that's I, I, an itch I, I want to scratch. Um, so I, I want to see and put myself out there and, um, and lead a program and, and, and lead a staff and, um, you know, see where things go. And, um, uh, so, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those things that I would like to do. And, uh, it's, it's one of my goals. And what advice would you give today's imps? <laughs> obviously if, if they are imps, they're, um, they're obviously rock stars. They're humble. Um, uh, continue to do what you're doing, lift other people up. I mean, uh, I, I had an absolute blast and the, the people that I met, um, uh, I, it's very similar to swimming. Like, uh, my, my swimming teammates, uh, my classmates, I, I can, you know, not talk to them for a couple of years and we pick up like it's nothing. And I, I feel the same way with them. Some, um, uh, the, just so genuine, um, getting to know them. I mean, they're people like Emmanuel West, um, Frank Griffiths, um, Mandy Doyle, Jason Byrne, Pat Barry. Uh, there, there are a lot of people that, um, you know, it's, they, they're just so just, just genuine people who, are willing to, to, to listen and to help and to give advice, you know, and uh, just fun and to soak that up because um, I always say, you know, being in college and having all these amazing people around you and to be able to see them every day, um, 
doesn't last forever. And you all go on your separate paths and you, you still have that amazing connection, but you don't get to catch up with them every day. And you know, th- those, those Sunday meetings, you know, and sitting around and um, uh, Ryan Hargraves is another one. And just, um, you know, catching up with everybody and hearing about everybody and what they're involved in and, um, you know, being, you know, offering to be involved in what they're involved in. And, um, you know, it's, uh, I think that's what makes kind of college so special is you have such, so many amazing people in one area all together being involved with each other. And then you kind of go your own different ways and it's, it's never the same. Um, so like college athletics is the same way you, you you're never on another team working towards, uh, you know, uh, the same goal professionals. I, I don't see it the same way. I mean, they're obviously working towards a championship, but, um, uh, they don't mesh as well. My, when my first, year here at Duke, I, I had the opportunity to listen to Coach Krzyzewski. Obviously, it was after 2016, um, coaching the basketball team to Olympic gold. And having him talk, you know, um, figure out how to bring all these professionals together and um, uh, give them a sense of, you know, working together for the United States and uh, something that's bigger than them and um, how he went about it um, was was very interesting. And, um, you know, going after an end, everybody coming together to, you know, make the, the sum of the whole greater than the parts. Um, and there, there's something we've said about that for college athletics um, and, and even just groups in, in colleges, um, so or specific groups. And uh, enjoy it while it lasts because it, it doesn't last forever. I, you, I wish it would. Um, so it would be fantastic, but it doesn't last forever. So, you know, one thing I didn't ask you about was do you have any good recruiting stories, either things that went right or things that went very wrong in some sort of recruiting capacity? I would imagine there are some probably good war stories that are probably best uh, talked about sitting at the bar, but humor me. Do you have any? Uh, there, there are always good recruiting stories. Um, uh, so whether recruits that you really enjoy recruits that are off doing their own thing, recruits that you, that come in and you're just like, no way we, we can't, that this person is, is no good. Um, uh, you know, it's, uh, you know, and, uh, funnily enough, it's, I don't, I don't have any horror stories cause I think we, we did a great job to avoid them. Um, I, I know there are, I've heard of other horror stories of, um, from other teams, um, at other schools where, you know, the recruit was out and got lost and, um, ended up calling their parents and, um, I'm lost. I can't find my host. I don't know where I am. Um, uh, that sort of stuff, which, uh, you know, at, at, as a, as student athletes, you know, we made sure that they're guests and they were looked after and, you know, and protected them. And, you know, so made sure they knew what we were about and being genuine and, and knowing that we were hardworking, but we also had a good time. And I think that's, you know, uh, you know, <laughs> the honest end of it. Um, uh, so nowadays a, a, as a coach, um, well, it's, it's, it's a worry game. Um, so, uh, fu- 
we at Duke, we kind of remove that a little bit from the equation as so our recruiting trips go from Thursday, um, mid-afternoon, uh, mid evening to Saturday afternoon. So we do not have recruits that stay over on Saturday nights. Uh, so we tell them, you know, you can find if you're looking for that, you can find it anywhere you want to go. Um, we're not going to introduce it to you, um, especially now that we can bring juniors in. So it's something that's 15, 16 year olds um, should not be a part of. And um, so uh, we move that completely from the equation as to not put our kids under pressure and also protect, you know, 15, 16 year olds. Uh, any stories of when a parent and or prospective swimmer came in that when you got to meet them live, you guys were like, no freaking way. Do we want this person or this family? Any like any good stories along those lines? So it's, it's more and more so you get helicopter parents that um, you're wondering how Obviously, in the recruiting process, you know, they, they, they are involved and they, they want the best for their child. But you also wonder, all right, uh, a couple things. <laughs> um, how involved are they going to be once the child goes to college? And actually, how much did they actually do for the child when they're in high school? Did they let them grow up? So uh, a lot of times, you know, they're there sometimes a child will come to college and we find out that the parents did a lot for them and that makes the transition much, much harder. Um, uh, so as, as far as horror stories, um, well, we, we try and, um, head those off. Uh, so we, uh, um, we, uh, we're, we're aware of them. We, you know, we, we know who we're going to be working with when we, uh, usually get into that point. Um, uh, so, I mean, we've, uh, I'm, I'm trying to go back and think there, I mean, they're, couple of um, 20 years of, of recruiting uh, stories and uh, things. It's, uh, it's a lot to go through. Um, so, and then obviously the, the question that we always ask, you know, am I going to be able to coach this person? So that's, that's always the question you got to ask yourself when you're bringing people in. Got it. You drinking tuna still? I have not had tuna for a while. So um, mainly as well, it's not been made available. Not saying that I wouldn't um, have some tuna if it was available, um, at least a little bit. Maybe not out of a, a garbage can anymore. Uh, so maybe maybe a cooler if we could. Uh, so, but I that's pull, pulling the coolers and the, the garbage cans and yeah. So and I don't know. Does everybody still remember the songs from Ugly Road to Vinegar Hill? You know, someone I can't remember who, and I apologize, but. Someone started off, maybe it was Justin Rosalino. He started off his episode with uh, playing the guitar and singing one of the songs. But maybe that's what we could do. We, maybe we need to resurrect the songs and distribute them. And then maybe what we could do is we can get like a, a massive Zoom going on with all 200 people that we have on this uh, podcast distribution list. And maybe we'll just all sing together one day. I wonder how that would go over. Probably with Zoom, it doesn't work so great because you just hear the one voice that's coming through on the mic. So, all right, we got to think about that. And your favorite word with the, uh, your favorite word with the letters IMP in it? Uh, it would probably have to be impactful. Um, I, I, I think that's, uh, that's what the imps are about, um, being impactful in, in, in every sort of way in, in people's lives and in, in, in groups and in life, um, you know, and, uh, you know, you know, being supportive. So, but, uh, 
yeah, as, as a group, um, the, the impact that they, they had on me and, um, you know, it's, you know, being involved and, you know, you know, the being, being, you know, in different projects and different things and uh, just uh, how genuine and open and uh, continuing to see how impactful they are throughout their lives. So in, in, in whichever direction they go, it's, it's fun. It's, it's amazing. So to, you know, different people to say, Hey, I know that person. <laughs> Everyone in Ip Nation talked about Doke. You got Doke. There you go, man. Any other parting words of wisdom or thoughts you want to give to the group before we head out? Be genuine, be real. Um, so for the current imps, if they're listening to in, enjoy it, um, uh, so soak it up. Um, so for all the fossils, um, uh, hope, uh, you know, relive those memories. And um, uh, so get in touch with um, people that you haven't been in touch with. Uh, so whether that be, you know, Zoom, uh, Facebook, email, texting, group me, um, Twitter, Instagram, uh, I'll keep going. I, I don't have a, a TikTok page, so I can't do that, but, um, you know, and just, uh, you know, it's, it, it's, it's fun reliving, you know, um, the, the memories and, um, you know, and, and also how much, uh, you know, there, there's several people that I actually have not thought about, um, until doing this. And, um, you know, and how, how fun they were and how much of an impact uh, that they made on that part of my life and what, you know, I, I learned from them, what I took from them and um, be fun going back and, uh, you know, getting back in touch with them and, um, you know, and uh, reliving those and, and seeing what they're up to now. Doke Finch, you're the man. This was awesome having you on Imp Nation. You heard him. When I send out those emails, if you have someone else that you think would be good to interview and you have their contact information, why don't you introduce us through email and they could be one of our 2022 guests. Can you believe we're already talking about 2022? Doke, thanks a ton. Imp Nation, have a great holiday. Thanks, Tiski, and here's to the feet that are hot tonight. Hi there, Tom here. Before I let you go, I want to tell you about my other podcast, Total Sense. As you may know, after my time as an imp, I went on to become a financial advisor. Okay, stop laughing. Don't act so surprised. In each episode, I share advice to parents about how to talk to kids about money. As a parent, I know how difficult that money conversation can be, so I hope you'll listen and find it helpful. It's Total Sense. C-E-N-T-S, as in money, available anywhere you get your podcasts.